Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to Stock Market Investing with the Armor Report. I'm Brett Rosenthal. Now, the Armor Report was created with the intention of bringing individual investors together with a flow of proprietary, professional, institutional information. Okay? Our job is to use trading algorithms, private sources of information, and a process to bring it all together that we call the Armor Investing Way to help you execute without emotion. That's the goal. Is it ever really going to happen? No, there's always going to be some emotion. But our job is to get on the right side of probabilities over and over again when reward is worth the risk. And if we keep executing like that over time, our net worth will follow. So today what we're going to do, we had a wild week last week trading the stock market. So we're going to talk about um, what we expect to happen next week. We'll kind of dissect a bit what happened on Friday. So we'll talk about market direction, what the armor algorithms are saying about direction. Um, we'll kind of break it down and how we're going to be trading from a day trading standpoint Monday. And then what that would mean for the portfolios, both swing and uh, investing portfolios at the end of the day, uh, Monday and at the end of the week next week. So we're going to go over that. Um, I'm going to share with you how we're ordering the top of our whiteboard. Okay, so the Armor Investing Way is a process. We have a three-stage process. We start by building our whiteboard. So we find an idea we like. We don't just run out and buy it. Our portfolio is not, um, you know, it's not a garbage compactor. We don't just throw everything in there and see what works. So we use a whiteboard first to build and do our due diligence. Then we use armor algorithms. I'm going to tell you what they've been saying in the last couple of um, trading sessions. Pretty crazy. Um, we use that to direct when we put capital to work and when we take it out. And then, of course, we marry that with a stop-loss discipline. Without stop-loss discipline, um, none of this works. So it's all put together. So I'm also going to point out a change over the last couple of months, really, that have negatively affected my results. And I want to share this with you because I think it's very important going forward how we're going to manage money in 2021. Okay? So I'm going to share that with you. I like to be real. I like to be honest with you on, on this show and every show. I tell you when we're making tons of money and how much fun it is. And I also want to share my failures with you because we learn from both, right? And the idea is to acknowledge as soon as you can what isn't working and fix it. And I want to talk about that today. And then, of course, we're going to go back to the cannabis couch. Okay? I, had a I had a couple of a trolls last week, and I'm, I'm happy to have them. I love a troll. If you have a troll, it means you must be doing something right. So I had a couple of trolls that hated what I said last Saturday, which is we have zero cannabis exposure right now, right? A couple of guys told me I didn't know what I was talking about and, you know, not doing my research. I'm going to share with you what we're doing. Of course, a week later, all those cannabis stocks have collapsed, right? So that argument's over. I win that round. Obviously, we can go back and buy those stocks all of them cheaper now, okay? So um, I'm going to share with you why we were doing that again, just so you understand. We are a huge bull on this trading desk when it comes to cannabis. We have been for three years, but we don't sit and hold assets through major corrections just because we love them, okay? We follow the armor investing way and we protect capital. So I'm going to go over with you what we're doing now with the cannabis space. And then, of course, I'll take your questions. So don't forget, as I dive in here, I'm just sharing with you my experience, my personal portfolios, how I run capital. I've been doing it over 30 years. I'm not telling you how to invest. I'm not telling you what stocks to buy. How could I? I don't know you. I don't know your risk tolerance. So I'm not doing that. But I hope over time, as I share my process, it'll improve your process of how you run money. because you've decided to run your own capital, and I commend you for that, but it's a monumental task. And if you don't set up parameters and you don't set up a process, 
The market will whip you around and spit you right out. And I'm trying to help you avoid that. Let's jump into the charts. All right, step one. This is the NASDAQ 100. As you can see, we've had a couple three-bar reversals. So the market ripped higher for a long time, and you can count the number of three-bar reversals on one hand. There was here, one, two, three, and then the market stopped going down, built a base, took a couple of months. Please notice it took a couple of months, and then it went higher. Notice that because I'm going to discuss that in a minute, okay? But if you go back and you look for major reversals from the bottom of last year, you don't see many. Now what we had last week is a three-bar reversal, boom, 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 right here. The market tried to hold the 50 and then collapsed again. Okay, so now it's all bets off. All right, the first pullback to the 50, we raised cash to the armor portfolios. The market held up for a week, tried to pop higher right here on, yeah, on Monday this week, right? Okay. Uh, and then failed. And so we got captured. We got caught in that move right there. We put some money back to work, immediately got stopped out. But because we used tight stops, it wasn't a total disaster for us, right? We were out the very next day, but it still clipped us. All right, now we have a market trading below the 50-day moving average and decidedly so. Okay, so that trade is over for now. The momentum index even more exaggerated, three-bar reversal, tried to hold, unbelievable failure. Now it's down at the 200-day moving average. All right, so let's look at the S&P. What we'll see is a collapse below the 50 on Thursday on a three-bar reversal. One, two, three negative bars in a row is usually risk off. And then a miraculous recovery on Friday. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Notice the volume on Friday was less than the volume on the selling on Thursday. Okay? So you have a distribution day of epic proportion Thursday and a snapback rally with less volume. All right? So first thing I want to tell you today is the Armour Risk Monitor. Armour Insiders, you can go to the website, click on it, boom. In there is the Risk Monitor. It gets updated whenever there's changes. So big change last week, risk monitor went red. Went red Thursday on that three-bar reversal that broke the 50-day moving average on the S&P. And of course, the other indexes were imploding. So when the risk monitor goes red, so this is the first thing to talk about today. Risk monitor red, what does it mean? It doesn't mean the market has to crash like it did last year. I've been saying this over and over again, and I hope you guys are picking up when I'm laying down. Last year was a unique year, and it was an easy year for us at the Armour Report. Because we had risk monitor red, the market then dropped 40%, and we got risk monitor green, and the market skyrocketed. That's one of the purest years I've ever seen. It's normally not like that. What you'll have is risk monitor red, the market will, certain sectors of the market will implode, other sectors will pick up the ball so that the overall market will find a, a, a base and then new leaders emerge, the market starts going higher. So our job is to find the new leaders. Okay? Or our job is to stay out of the market if this risk monitor red turns into a real collapse. We don't know what it's going to be. Okay? So... Right now, we say it looks like market had a major problem, but what I want to show you now, right, is the Dow, okay? The Dow held the 50-day moving average, and while the volume selling was heavy, okay, these are distribution days, one, two, big down bars on big volume. So that's typically a footprint of institutions dumping, and the rally comes on lighter volume. That's typically just a snapback bounce from an oversold area. But look at the Dow. It's really intact right here. And if we look at small caps, let's take a look here. Small caps held the 50. These are value stocks. Let's look at VLUE. 
value stocks held up even better. Okay, so we're really at a um, we're really at a um, a major moment in the market in 2000 and uh, and 21. This risk monitor red will either lead to real nasty selling that will continue for a while or new leadership and we'll go over chart patterns in a minute of what new leadership could be new leadership will evolve the S&P will hold up here and we'll get a whole new risk monitor green could be within a week it happens sometimes it's it's the difficult period of running money when you get this type of a situation. Wild volatility in certain sectors, but no collapse in the market. And instead you get a new risk on green signal as new leaders emerge. So to end this segment of stock market behavior and the risk monitor, I would say this. We don't know what's going to happen. We have to read and react to the action next week. By the end of next week, we should know more which direction this market's going to take. Now, let's look real quick. And you might say to me, well, what about the rip higher? What about the rip higher in, um, in the market on Friday? Okay. So just going to look at the S&P real quick. If I can, uh, I can do this here. Okay. Here's what happened last week. Now we're looking at an intraday chart of the market, an intraday chart. Okay. This yellow line is the armor moving average. Okay. When we were trading down here at these levels on Thursday and Friday, we were three standard deviations below the armor moving average. This is an intraday chart you're looking at. Each bar is three minutes. Blue bars, positive. Red bars, negative. Okay? So what I said in the armor morning meeting for armor insiders I said when we're three standard deviations below the armor moving average, which is very rare in the S&P, there is a high probability of a snapback rally to that moving average. Please notice that the rally from 1130 right to the close took the market right to that moving average. It's now a downtrending moving average. And until we get above that moving average, that rally on Friday was normal volatility in a downtrend. So that's step two of this conversation today. Step one, risk monitor red means we have a lot of cash in the portfolio, means we have to watch what happens next week. We don't want to be overly negative because very often this is just a handoff from last year's leaders to this year's leaders. And so it'll be ugly for a while and then we'll see new ideas emerge. So we can't get totally negative. Right? But at the same time, now we're drilling down into what happened Friday. Is that the beginning of a new uptrend? Not based on the armored investing way. That was just typical volatility within a range. Okay? So what will I do on Monday morning? And this gets to how we're going to trade next week. What am I going to do next week? This moving average is very important. Armor insiders, you'll be with me in the morning meeting. We'll go over this again in the morning. If you're an armor insider that's part of the day trading live session, we'll be watching this line very closely. You guys can write it down if you're not part of that session right now. What's the price? On the S&P, it's 384.94. That's right here. You can't see it because the screen's not big enough, right? But it's 384.94 on this yellow line. And of course, it'll come down a little bit, but it doesn't matter. 384.94 is close enough. Let me tell you something. In technical analysis and trading, you don't have absolutes. It doesn't have to be exactly a price. So 384.94 is roughly the price. You can call it 385. 
you could say 385 is the price. If the market trades decidedly above that level, then it could be that we had a two-week shakeout where all the leaders got destroyed and the baton is being handed off to a new set of leaders. And by the end of next week, we're going to be buying stocks again in our portfolio. But we must get above that 385 level and stay above it. If we punch above it first thing in the morning and break back below it, on our trading desk, we're going to be looking to be short the market for a retest of the lows. So that's step two today. Okay? Step one, risk monitor red. It means we have to read and react next week. It's a 50-50 shot that the market will break down or we'll see a whole new risk green in the next week or two. Okay? So don't overplay either, either sector. The second thing about today is how are we going to trade Monday? What are we looking for? We're using the S&P because that's the best index for us to, to, to trade on. Everything else flows from the S&P. It's the most liquid with the biggest stocks. Everybody trades it. The most options, gamma information on it. It's the, it's the highest probability success rate trading it with Armour algorithms. So for all these reasons, that's what drives the bus. So if we trade above 385, we'll look to start putting positions in the portfolio. What would I love to see in the market? A gap down Monday morning that holds support, reverses, and pops above 385. On that type of move, you better be sure on the armor portfolios, we'll be adding positions. A gap up Monday morning, I wouldn't add anything. I don't like gap up Mondays to begin with. I particularly don't like gap up Mondays in the midst of a risk monitor red signal. So a gap up Monday, I'll be looking to put on a short for the gap closure and a retest. So that's how I'm going to be trading next week. Okay. Now let's go look at what stocks are at the top of the whiteboard that we might add to the portfolio. Because that's really the next question you all are having. I, my, I imagine is what's in your mind as the next question. Um, Stocks that I would look for to add to the portfolio. Okay. First thing I want to say is, and this is going to be very hard to do. You're looking at your, at the top of your whiteboard right now. And you see all of these huge winners from last year that have come down to unbelievable prices. You thought you'd never see. It's a fire sale. Let's buy them all. Okay. You can do that. I'm not telling you how to invest, but over 30 years of doing this, catching a falling knife is, is a disaster. You cut off your fingers most of the time. Number one, number two, past winners take time to build new bases before they become new winners. Now, is there massive volatility you can trade? Sure. Pick them off cheap, sell them the next day higher. I'm not talking about day trading. I'm talking about building a portfolio for success as an investor. You could make money day trading anything if you're good at it. So this is not about day trading. This isn't even about swing trading. You could put a trade on. It goes up for a week. You sell it. This is about investing and building a solid portfolio where the reward to risk is right. Trying to catch stocks that have imploded. I mean, let's just take a Bitcoin stock, for example, MicroStrategy, right? The stock is down 60% from the high. Wow, what a bargain, okay? That does not seem like a bargain to me. And the reason is there are a massive amount of people now trapped in MicroStrategy at dramatically higher prices. And what we call that in the business is overhead supply. So when you have lots of overhead supply, whenever the stock starts to rally, you never know when an investor who's trapped capitulates and says, thank God it's up a little bit. I'm dumping. And that's what keeps the stock from skyrocketing. What allows a stock to skyrocket is that it makes new highs and nobody's losing money in it. So there's no overhead. And so we want to focus any new buying in our portfolio on stocks with no overhead. Okay. So that means... You can't, you could do whatever you want. It means I'm not going to buy something like that. 
Okay, massive amount of people trapped in the stock at higher prices. And there's this list goes on and on. I mean, uh, I mean, what um, there, there's there's all kinds of stocks on this list that that I could put up here. I'm just trying to think um, of a poster child, but. I mean, for instance, Etsy now has people trapped up at the 250 level. Okay. Um, what else? Uh, how about Peloton? One of my old favorites. People were trapped at dramatically higher levels. Okay. You know, Zoom looks cheap. People are trapped at higher levels. And the list goes on, and I'm not even finding the best names for you. I mean, there's like, um, you know, here's Run, you know, on my, oh, the people are trapped at 100. They can't wait to get out when the stock goes up $5. Now, let's flip over to what looks good right now. General Motors. Nobody's trapped there. That stock gets above 55. It's, it's see you later time. How about Ford? Ford's in an uptrend. How about GE? Nobody's losing money in GE right now. Right? How about CBX and the energy stocks? I'm not buying them, but I'm just sharing with you. These are stocks that now don't have overhead. Of course, if I shrink the screen up, energy stocks have tons of overhead. But I submit to you that, you know, whoever's been buried in energy stocks back last year, you know, that, that money's probably gone. People probably took their losses at the end of last year and, you know, booking losses against other gains, right? And so now you're clearing tops and these things are running. Okay? I could go on and on. Here's a, one of our favorite names, MGA. And we got stopped out of this last week as we went to 100% cash when we get risk monitor red. We just take a step back and wait and see what's going on. And then we start reinvesting. I can't wait to put money back in MGA. The stock's not doing anything negative. How about, how about Packer? It's a nice chart pattern, right? We're looking for pennants right on top of bases. What we, what we don't want to look for, okay, are patterns like this. Okay, can it be growth? Wow, it was in the 50s and now it's 30. Well, it looks cheap. Let's buy it. Okay, what you've got here are massive amounts of people trapped in canopy growth at higher levels. And so in order to get through all that, while there could be wild volatility, it's going to need time to build a base. Okay, so um, step three, I guess, in this conversation is go over your whiteboard, build your list of stocks to buy, but remember that a list of past winners that have been destroyed may not be the way you want to invest. You can do whatever you want. It's not how I'm going to invest. What I want to do now is shift to where money is going because the winners of 2021 are likely going to be different than the winners of 2020. That's my message for you today. All right. Let's round up with the cannabis couch discussion, and then I'll get to Q&A. All right. Let's go back to CGC. But let me, let me say, I mean, I wish the screen wasn't, um, seems like this thing is fuzzy. I can't figure out why. Um, but anyway, you don't need to see me. You just need to hear me. <laughs> Okay, look, I love cannabis stocks. I've been investing in cannabis stocks for three years. What I won't do is fall in love with anything. So to go over this with you again, I went over it last weekend and I had some trolls. So let me talk to the trolls again. I'm never going to change your mind, but maybe you understand a little bit better after a week of capital destruction in cannabis stocks that at the Armour Report and the Armour Investing Way, is not to fall in love with something and round trip it. There has to be a point at which you admit that the run you're on is over. Now you can argue, and I will argue, because I've looked back at my performance and I'm a little bit disgusted in how much I gave back already, okay? This is four standard deviations above the 200-day moving average, okay? We should have been booking profits on the rallies instead of waiting for this massive reversal and starting to sell here. But okay, we did that. We took, our, we took our medicine. We said, look, we made a lot of money from here. We were buying the asset here. It ran all the way up, okay? And we, got, we, we booked our profits right here. Then this thing was cratering. 
right? Cratering. MSOS. I love MSOS. I want to own these stocks, okay? And now here's what I want to tell you guys, and please listen carefully, okay? Your fundamental opinion of what the earnings are going to be has zero to do with the stock going up. I'm going to let that sink in for a minute. Okay. Let's try this again. Your fundamental opinion of what earnings are going to be has zero to do with why a stock goes up. Stocks go up based on liquidity, based on animal aggression, based on fear and greed. So if a stock's down a lot and you tell me, I've got fundamental, if, if the stock is in a base and you say to me, this company's earnings are going to blow out and the stock is not up in front of the number, I'd say to you, maybe you've got something. If a stock has skyrocketed into earnings numbers and everybody knows, everybody knows that the numbers are going to be great and the stock starts to do this, I don't care what the earnings numbers are next week. At some point, you have to admit that the run you've made from here, for us from here, all the way up to here, is over, right? Right here. Out. You got to be out. Now, you tell me you want to be a long-term holder. I'm just sharing with you how I run money. Okay? You can be a long-term holder. I have some portfolios I run that way. Where... I have a core holding in the cannabis stocks and I don't touch it. It's a core holding, which means small. Maybe 25% of what I want to have in the space. And I actively manage the other 75%. Okay? Could be 10% of what I want. And I actively manage 90%. Okay? Because... These stocks are done for right now until they set up the next base. What are the risks I see it? First of all, don't tell me the earnings numbers are going to blow out and the stock will go up. I could give you a list a mile long from the last two weeks of blowout earnings numbers. And the stocks have done this. Don't believe me? You don't believe what I'm saying? Did you listen to the Etsy call? That was a blowout call on Etsy. Just a huge number. Oh, all right. Thanks for that. That's a huge number on Etsy. Okay. Stocks sold off. How about DraftKings? Everybody told me I was going to miss the boat there. Wow, I missed it. What a great blowout. The stock cratered three days in a row. Okay. Very often. And by the way, I love this chart. And I'm thinking of getting back into DraftKings. So I'm going to watch this very closely next week. This might be, a, a, this is the top of my whiteboard. I'd like to own draft. But what I'm sharing with you right now is just because a company has a great earnings announcement doesn't mean the stock has to go up. It could be a source of funding. Guys can sell on the news. Take a look at this. I don't know if you listened to the end, oops. The NVIDIA call, it was an absolute blowout. NVIDIA crushed the number. I thought it was going to come out across 600 and go. All the stock did was collapse down to the 200-day moving average. Okay? So we can't just put money to work because we think cannabis is going to have a huge earnings announcement. It, I think it will. The fundamentals are great. Okay? Cannabis is at the very top of my whiteboard. Literally, MSOS will be the first stock I put back in the portfolio if it sets up. But right now, when you look at this chart, all of a sudden, the rewards to the risk are, are starting to tilt the wrong direction for cannabis right now. What's the risk that no one's talking about? Everybody thinks that we're going to get a States Act or a Safe Banking Act. And let me tell you guys, um, if we ever start investing and ignoring chart patterns because we believe 
politicians are going to do the right thing? You better fold up your tent and go home. Okay? Because otherwise, they're just going to, they're going to carry you right off the trading floor. What happened in cannabis that led to this huge move? Okay? We had a democratic wave in government. That's priced in. We had earnings explosions. That's priced in. We have eminent. Imminent? Imminent. Government action to change the cannabis space. Bills are on the floor right now. It's about to happen. And cannabis stocks are doing this. So what I submit to you is we all know that bills are on the floor. And the way these stocks are acting tells me, wait a minute, bills are on the floor when have you ever seen a bill on the floor race through government and get pushed through overnight? I mean, these people have a hard enough time agreeing on a stimulus package. There's all kinds of problems. All kinds of problems in government right now. And the stock's starting to break down. And that makes me wonder how quickly an announcement hits the tape that the marijuana bill is not going to make it this session. It's going to be pushed out to next session. That's the risk. And I want to have cash to take advantage of that. Okay? Todd Harrison, whom I respect and I've been following for a long time because he's really a, a cannabis guru, has said over and over again, and I completely agree with this, it's not a bad thing if cannabis reform takes longer because it gives the U.S. MSOs that we love an open playing field with no competitors, and they keep building their brand and their value. So what we want to do is take advantage of that announcement that the bill's been pushed to the next session it will bottom these stocks because they're short-term traders who only own it because they think there's some bill about to happen tomorrow. They'll puke out the stocks and we'll be there with a basket because we know that that's not a negative for True Leave, Green Thumb, and all of our favorite names. Okay, so those are my thoughts for today. I hope you found them valuable. I hope it helps you. Let's get to the Q&A. Thanks for spending time with me and allowing me to order my own thinking. It really helps me out. All right. Um, what do we got here? Kronos butchered me. I, coughed, co- I cost average some, but Merrill makes you hold three days before you can sell in a 401. Uh-huh. So, Mark, um, look, look at Kronos. All right. Um, And first of all, let me just say, Mark, um, armor investing rule number one. You know, there's many different rules. I'm going to call it rule number one today. At the armor report, we never, ever cost average down. Ever. What we do is cut our loss quickly because we use stops. We recognize that was a mistake. And then we'll buy the asset back many times cheaper. Sometimes we pay more for it. We don't care. We're following a process. So please mark in the future, when you're taking a position, if you're trying to follow the armor investing way, put on your position, put on your stop, get taken out if you're wrong at that entry point, reassess. Okay? For future reference, please do that. So what you have here is a destructive pattern that is not, people are trapped now up here, okay? And so Kronos is coming all the way down. And truth be told, I'm a much bigger fan of U.S. cannabis at this stage than I am Canadian cannabis, okay? Kronos continues to have terrible earnings numbers, okay? So be advised. Um, Teladoc, 
Armor Insiders know this. We own Teladoc here. It ran up to here, okay? We were out this day, this down bar right here. We sold all of our Teladoc. Uh, I'm not telling you that to make you feel bad, Mark. I'm just showing you how the Armor Investing Way works. We have a raised stop at the 25-day moving average on this stock. It took us out of the stock. Now the stock is imploding. And so we're not caught in this. And we're certainly not, you would never dollar average down in it, okay? So for future reference, try, try to avoid doing that, okay? Even if you're not going to use a stop loss, don't dollar average down until the stock makes a whole new bottoming pattern. The reason we made money on this is because it had a huge chart pattern tight to a base right at the 50. We bought it right, and it took off and went four standard deviations above the 200-day. Okay, crowd strike. Same situation here. You know, you just got to use your stop. The stop's the 50-day or the 25-day, and you just got to be out. Hey, Brett. Any thoughts on oil and banks? My thought on oil and banks, Alex, is that I've missed oil and banks. Okay, so I did make some money last week. Uh, we owned Chevron. I sold it uh, inappropriately on Thursday as the market was imploding and the stock gapped up Friday. So, um, you know, I have not, I mean, full disclosure, I, I like to tell you guys when I'm killing it and when I'm making mistakes. Last week was kind of a mess for me. You know, the whole market imploded. And so it took me, when I get risk monitor red, I've been doing this so long. I, there are some risk monitor reds that just implode like last year. And so I just sell everything, go to cash and start reassessing my investment strategy. In retrospect, I didn't need to sell Chevron, right? Should have stayed with that name. But we bought it in here. We bought it right in here and we booked a profit on it. So I might be back in Chevron. Uh, but truth be told, I hate buying energy stocks, Alex, when everybody's buying them because OPEC is, you know, cutting production or something. I mean, that's historically speaking, the absolute worst time to own energy stocks. <laughs> so I don't know exactly what I want to do with this space, but they had a huge Friday. I, I got to give you that. But I will tell you that I don't chase stocks. So if I don't buy them right, I don't chase them. Banks, the banks too. I mean, I don't have much interest in banks, but boy, I wish I was on JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs. Those are the two stocks that I will trade and I will invest in because they're the leaders in the investment banking space. But when you ask me about these stocks, I mean, clearly I needed to be shifting gears and buying them in here. Now, I mean, we made some good money, you know, trading other names during this run in Goldman Sachs, but Goldman Sachs is now dramatically outperforming all of those other names. And armor portfolios are not, uh, performing as well as they should because I didn't make that shift back here. Now, can I run out there and make the shift today? A absolutely not. I can't do that. So I have to be patient and wait for my setups. And that might mean I have to hold a lot of cash as the market goes up for a while, which will be infuriating. I'm just telling you all that right now. Armor Insiders following what I'm doing with my personal money. If the market reverses and rips higher in here, um, I'm going to be underinvested and it's going to be an infuriating experience. You know, I've lived through it before, but it's a process. I have to have patience. I'll build the portfolio up slowly with names that fit our approach. And if I'm underinvested, that's just the way it is. I can't force it at this stage, okay? How do I calculate standard deviation? Um, uh, one, one way to calculate standard deviation, I don't know what trading software you use, but a simple way, and most trading softwares have this, you can just use um, Bollinger Bands. Bollinger Band has a middle band and then um, standard deviations above and below, and you can manipulate those numbers to be whatever you want. I use four standard deviations above the 200 and three standard deviations below the 200 on most stocks and most indexes. Um, Brett. Oh, I really appreciate that, Jacob. Um, I really appreciate that because it's comments like that that really helped me out. You know, last week was not a good week for me. You know, I made some missteps. I missed some major opportunities. And sometimes we all go through that period. And 
knowing that um, you find what I'm doing helpful and it's, and, and the knowledge is working for you is just, uh, that's brilliant. So thanks for that comment. All right. Dig is a great way to play oil up 20% in the last two weeks and taking off. Okay. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trading dig all, you know, ultra oil and gas pro shares. You know, this, this is a good way to do it. Right. And I like XOP. XOP is the oil and gas exploration company in the U S which is outperforming even dig, right? The U S E and P companies are really catching some fire, but I, I, you know, this is an asset I can day trade. It's not an asset I can invest in because if I bought it here, where's the stop? It would have to go all the way down to the 50 or the two or the 25 day or this uptrend before I would really stop it out. So that's like way too much risk for whatever reward is from here on energy. Okay. Um, this is oil itself, USO. And, um, Look, I, I just personally think this is the wrong time to put money into energy, but have at it if you want. All right. Uh, intelligence. Hey, I appreciate that, guys. Intelligence is changing your mind through learning. Thanks for that. Um, what, I'm, what I'm trying to do is, you know, I always, I always reassess my approach. And, you know, this is the biggest, you know, I'm, for Armor Insiders, I just started a um, new part of the Armor Report website for you, and I call it the Captain's Log, okay? And what I'm going to be doing periodically every day or whenever I feel I need to is I'm going to be sharing a raw feed of emotion of what I'm thinking as I'm managing money, okay? Um, the good, the bad, the ugly. You know, think of it, I like to say is, think of it, you know, this log as um, Sir Francis Drake meets Jesse Livermore, Okay? Uh, um, the um, reminiscence of a stock operator. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to write for you every day or whenever I feel I need it, um, my thoughts of how we're doing. And so I wrote that first episode for you, that first log entry today. And, and in that entry, you know, one of the thoughts that falls out for me is what made us a lot of money in 2020 hurt a little bit in the last two weeks. What made us a lot of money in 2020 is that we allowed our winners to run and we were aggressive in that way. We didn't sell anything at targets and we didn't raise our stops too quickly because we wanted to allow it to go. Okay, so far in 2021, that has been a detriment for us. So now that we're risk monitor red and I'm reassessing how I put money to work, when we go, as we go forward now, the formula's changed for me. It's going to be a strict swing trading formula until we earn the right to take more risk. And so that means we'll be putting positions on, and as they pop, we'll be booking profits at targets and raising our stops tight. Because it's very possible 2021 is a year of this in the market. 2020 was a year of this. 2021 could be a year of this, in which case the only way for us to outperform is, to gonna, is gonna be booking profits at targets, raising stops aggressively, going back to cash, waiting for the next cycle, okay? Um, WM. Ah, waste management, that's a decent looking chart pattern right there. Let's talk about charts, guys. All right, start, start sharing ideas with me so we can build a, a, a new list uh, WM looks pretty uh, interesting. I don't know what the story is on WM though. Like I like to look at that chart though. You're on to something there. I'm going to write down WM and do some work on that and see if there's any catalyst other than economy reopening that would drive waste management. That, that chart looks beautiful. And that's the kind of a pattern I want to buy, right? It just broke the downtrend. It popped up. Maybe it, maybe it comes back to 115 as the market tests the lows next week and we get an entry point if we've done the research and we like waste management we put money to work how about kinder morgan okay here's an energy stock with a six and a half percent yield a premier pipeline company in the u.s i'm starting to see a lot of dividend plays that look tasty to me 
AT&T, reward to risk is what I'm looking at. It could buy AT&T, collect a fat dividend payment, and write calls against it. That could be the year for that. Same with Kinder Morgan. Same with well, Lumenum has been captured in this. You know, this was a great idea until the Reddit people uh, ruined it. But anyway, this could still be a good idea in here, the fat dividend payment. All right. How about IBM? I know that sounds crazy. What's the risk in IBM? They've already underperformed constantly and the stock's at the bottom of its range. So I could pick up IBM. I can hold it for the dividend. I can write calls against it. And one day, maybe they get their act together and the stock goes up a lot. Philip Morris, Altria. We owned it. I took it out of the portfolio. Probably this is one of the first stocks I put back into the portfolio. Stock looks great, paying a fat dividend, breaking out of a downtrend. All right, what else you got for me, guys? I'll go back to your questions. Did you get on uh, RTX action on Tuesday? Uh, RKT. Um, I, I don't play those, okay? You guys could do it, and I'm glad you do it. If you make money, that's great, but I just don't play those, okay? How do you choose the amount in your core holdings, share amount, dollar amount? Oh, I, I definitely do dollar amount in my core holding. That's a great question. Um, I, so I say, uh, let's say I want cannabis to be 10% of my portfolio. I'm just pulling that number out of a hat. Um, I, might, I might hold 2.5%. My net worth is you know, whatever, and 2.5% of my net worth will stay in cannabis and I won't sell it, but I'll jack it up to 10% uh, using uh, armor investing strategies, right? And then make some money and then pull it off and hold that 2.5% core. That's just an example. Or, you know, I mean, that's not what I'm doing, okay? I'm just giving you an example. So I look for a dollar amount. All right, thoughts on FFLWF. Oh, yeah. Fire and flower. My, my, my thoughts are, uh, I mean, that's not a bad you know, pattern there, but that's a, that's a dramatic underperformer in the cannabis space. And so I'm going to stick with leadership. But I'll tell you right here, this looks like a reverse head and shoulders pattern. And so what I'm going to do is put FFW, no, FF. LWF on my list to do research just in case there's something happening in fire and flower that makes me want to own it. Okay. I haven't looked at the re I haven't done research that in a, in a long time, but you can see how it dramatically underperformed the entire cannabis space. So buying a, buying a laggard is usually what I don't do. Hey, it's Deb. Hey Deb. How are you? I'll take a look at it though. I'll take a look at that. Quail Hollow, thanks so much for that. Yeah, it's something I've noticed, um, and, and it's helped me a lot, a lot over the 30 years. You just don't want to buy stocks with massive overhead until they've built bases where the overhead can be. I'll give you an example. Let's look at um, CGC again. What was the right time to buy CGC? The stock got cratered in here. Look at all this massive overhead in the CGC. It took a, almost a, a year. It took from the lows of, of October 2019 to really October of, 20, of, of 2020. It took a year to base and take care of all that overhead before they were ready to take off again. And so I'm not saying it'll take a year again. I don't know how long it'll take on canopy growth. But you've got the same situation, the same problem. You know... Uh, conversely, uh, look at XOP. It, it, it took forever for this thing to work through its overhead. But when it finally did on this bottoming pennant, now you get a real rip. That's why I like Altria, right? Because it's just at that stage where it's just finally getting through all of this overhead. Right? These guys that got trapped in it here are probably out of it by now, taking their losses. Thoughts on gold and silver as well as Disney. Okay, gold and silver. I mean, gold and silver are in some type of um, strange um, twilight zone vortex that makes absolutely no sense to me. Okay, I want to own them. I think that they're going a lot higher. All they do is break down, and I own none of them because I use stop losses, and I don't force my will on the market. Okay, I, I, I really 
at some point I'll do another, you know, precious metals show where we just commit to precious metals investing and go over the whole story. But for right now, I think it's detrimental because the story's wildly bullish, but the assets are wildly bearish. So uh, it doesn't matter what I think about the story. That's a breakdown of a pennant on silver. I don't know why, but it looks terrible. I can't touch it. Um, Disney is at the top of my list. The Dow stocks, don't forget the Dow is the index leading all other indexes right now. So if I do any buying next week, it will probably be in Dow type of stocks. So Disney is a name that is on top of my list, and so is Microsoft. Microsoft's holding the 50 and outperforming all of its big cap tech brethren. So Microsoft's got to be at the top of the list, and it's in the Dow. The Dow breaks out. The Dow stocks go with it. Gilead, that's an interesting idea. So now Gilead, Gilead, so look, this is the example of overhead. Okay, this thing went through the roof because of um, um, this thing went through the roof because of overhead supply based on the initial COVID jump, and it took all that time to get rid of the COVID people. Nobody who owns Gilead Sciences now owns it because of remdesivir. They own it because the book of business in Gilead is solid and the dividend payment is stout. And this is probably an idea to put on the list. So I'm going to put this back on my list because that's a beautiful break of the downtrend. It's a consolidation right at the 200 day. It's a higher low. That's a setup I could get behind with a dividend payment like that. So that's a great idea. Net sky limit XPEV. I don't see any value on this drop, okay? This is exactly the type of an asset I would avoid. I don't care what the earnings numbers are. And by the way, this is a concept stock, net, net, net sky limit. This is a concept stock. So I would not expect earnings to do anything to the stock. They might have an interesting announcement on earnings about some type of a you know, corporate deal with somebody else and the stock goes up. But concept stocks generally don't have... Um, uh, major reactions to earnings announcements. Also, you have massive overhead. I mean, this is people trapped that won't get out from under this uh, anvil for months. Now, does that mean it can't shoot up? No, absolutely it can. You want to pick it off the bottom, try to catch a falling knife, have it run up. You know, you can do that. I'm not telling you how to invest. I'm just saying that's just not how I would ever invest my own capital, okay? Mayor Thacker, absolutely. I'm free for Armor Insiders to give me a call today. After this call, feel free to give me a shout. I'm here for you. And we'll talk about what's going on, all right, in a more personalized way. Faded Trader Brett, thanks for the insight. Sitting with 20 to 30% cash. Um, okay, semiconductor plays that I, li- that I like. All right, let me, let me just go over this for a second. Uh, hey, the cam- camera looks clear. How much fun. Okay. Um, semiconductor stocks. Let me tell you what's going on here, in my humble opinion. Two of my favorite investment ideas right now are Ford and GM. And not just because they're at the cusp of becoming EV companies, right? So money's going to be flowing out of Tesla into Ford and GM because Ford and GM are turning themselves into EV companies, okay? But there's a shortage of semiconductor chips for the auto industry. Auto companies have to shut down supply lines or you know, manufacturing lines because their supply isn't coming in. This means that it's, it seems to me that for years, the auto companies overproduce automobiles, right? You see these you know, satellite images of huge parking lots full of new, you know, GM cars and Ford cars, right? So they have to discount products dramatically, right, to push products out, all this kind of stuff. What's happening right now in this vortex of the pandemic is that um, 
chip shortages mean they can't produce cars. So they're going through their inventory at a ridiculous rate. That means that these auto companies don't have to discount to sell cars anymore, or the discount will be a lot less than it's been, okay? So all of that falls to the bottom line, and you get blowout earnings numbers. So then I start saying, well, what are the chip companies? Why did that happen? Number one is a pandemic. Number two, chip companies for years have been shifting away from making dumb kind of simple semiconductor chips and focusing on 5G and, and all these other types of chips, okay? So what has to happen now is a whole new you know, resurgence of companies making chips that go in cars, which have lower margins, right? So chip companies have been focusing on high margin product. And now they have to start, somebody's going to fill the void and start making chips for the lower margin auto industry. So who's going to fill the void? So you ask about LRCX and AMAT. Um, you didn't ask about that, but LRCX and AMAT are two um, manufacturing uh, um they make uh, the machines that make the chips. That's one reason why these stocks look so good. There's going to be a whole cycle of buying um, AMAT and LRCX products to um, uh, um, build out the ability to make the chips that are necessary. So there's a whole cycle coming here. These stocks have outperformed. Micron has to be the, the, the number one stock to own for this um, auto industry situation, in my opinion. This is the number one stock to own. So it broke out of a major pennant, okay? Skyrocketed, and now what I'm doing is looking for an entry point, okay? I'm looking for some pattern to form on Micron that I feel comfortable buying. That's a name I want. And Taiwan Semiconductor is the second company. Now it just broke down below the 50. So it doesn't look very good. All right. But if it can hold here and set up a, a, a pattern, Taiwan Semi, and of course it had a, the ideal entry point was here and the stock just ripped. Okay. So that chart doesn't look too good to me, but those names along with Ford and GM uh, are very interesting to me because of what's going on in the energy of uh, the auto space. Green Ghost, do I ever use futures? Um, no, I never trade futures and I almost never trade before the market opens or after market closes. Some people can do it. Some people use futures, have at it. I think that's great. I don't do it. You know, I just, I don't have anything against it. It's just, I believe you have to um, refine a process that you're very good at and focus on that process and keep executing it. There's always, um, um, there's always the proverbial other girl at the dance, right? But I like to stay with the girl that I brought to the dance, okay? And to me, it's the armor investing way. And so I don't trade futures in the middle of the night, and I don't, you know, trade stocks after hours. It's just not, I'm not built that way, okay? But I don't want to dissuade you from doing it. I know a lot of people who do, and they're successful at it. Uh, AMD. Okay, here's my thought on AMD. So it, it was a great chart pattern that failed and cratered down to the 200-day. So it has to build a whole new base again. If we're going to buy AMD on the Armour Trading Desk, we're not going to buy AMD. We're going to buy Xilinx. AMD is buying Xilinx. Um, so you're getting the move on AMD if you own Xilinx because AMD is buying Xilinx, and yet – um, I haven't checked recently, but Xilinx is trading at probably more than a 10% discount to its takeout price, which will happen sometime this year. Okay. So if I ever want to buy AMD, I go and buy Xilinx because if I get the trade right and it starts to go up, there'll be a day in the future where the stock goes up another 10% as it closes the takeout gap and gets taken over by AMD. So that's my thought there. I, 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 um, neither of those patterns are attractive to me and they have to build bases. And if they build bases at the 200 day, they might become attractive to me. And then I'll own shares of um, Xilinx. You say X, I, I love us steel and I made a mess of it trading in the last two weeks. I'll just be honest with you. Um, so 
I still like the U.S. Steel story, and um, I'll probably look to add it to the portfolio again. It's just, it's so, uh, geez, I mean, I didn't think U.S. Steel would jump 9, 10, 11% every other day, but it trades like a small cap growth stock. (laughs) So maybe I'll do a smaller position size and still get involved. If it stays above this these lows here, I'd like to own this name. And then steel plays right into the auto industry story, right? There's Nucor, which is always the leader in steel. It's always been the best steel company. And here's API, another um, Allegheny uh, uh, Technologies. I like that pattern as well, right on top of a tight base here. Okay. So those are some of the patterns I like in that space. Hey, man, I really appreciate that. You think I'm a great teacher. I really appreciate it. And it's weekends like this where you guys are helping me as much as uh, maybe I'm helping you, you know. A-E-R. A-E-R. Well, I like the chart pattern. I know nothing about the company. I'll write it down and do some work. A-E-R. Good morning, Brett. Good morning, my friend. Um, uh, your take on... PLTR. I take on PLTR as a chart pattern that's been busted and it will take time to uh, build a base that I'm willing to buy. Not that you can't day trade it. I imagine you're asking me about my invest, you know, investing in the asset. TNSPD. I don't know what that is. Can't get it on my chart. So I'm going to skip that one. Brett. You're solid and on. Hey, thanks a lot, Tech Monkey. Deb, I appreciate it. Hey, Deb, I really appreciate those those comments. Thanks so much for sharing that. All right, MET, M-E-T. Metropolitan Life. I, I just never know why I want to own an insurance company. I don't know how to differentiate one from the other. It's a group move. We should have been buying them again down here. I, I mean, honestly, I should have been shifting armor portfolios in November and December into these types of stocks. And I didn't do it. And so now I'm underperforming, but I can't run out there and chase them. Okay. Um, Hey, thanks for that. Yeah. Anybody can uh, hammer that thumbs up button. I really appreciate it. It helps me out on YouTube. Supposed to tell you guys that at the beginning of the show, according to my son, who's seven West rock. Hmm. Consumer packaging, healthcare, food, beverage. Certainly the chart looks pretty good. Can't argue with that pattern. Um, Thoughts on Lily. Lily looks great, right? Eli Lily. Lily looks great. Some of the drug companies look pretty interesting here. Lily's making a high tight pennant. You know, and how about. So I'm going to write down Lily, A-B-B-V, and G-I-L-D as ideas I might want to focus on. All right. Last thoughts before I split. Thanks a lot for that faded trader. I appreciate your thoughts there. Um, don't love that chart pattern. Uh, take a look at that stock. Don't have much to say. Mile. Yeah, see, I just can't, I can't buy those chart patterns, man. I, I just... It's destruction. People have been trapped at higher prices. It'll take time for that to, to build. Oh, yeah. How about Levi's stock? That's got to be at the top of my list. Sold it. The stock hasn't gone down. That should be the first stock we buy. I mean, that's a high tight pennant. The stock never broke down. Levi's at the top of the list for next week. Here. I mean, we're going to make a top of the list for all Armor Insiders. I know Quail Hollow, you're an insider, so you'll get this list Monday morning and, um, these will be the stocks that we look to trade Monday morning. Um, I'm going to wrap up here, but look at Merck. I, I don't like that chart pattern. All right. So um, let's wrap up today. Thanks for your time. Uh, Armor Insiders. 
I'm working all weekend building the list that I want to own. So to wrap up for everybody, the day trading plan on Monday, strength in the morning, I'm not trading anything. I'm looking for it to sell off. Weakness in the morning that holds the lows and reverses, I'll look to buy the indexes first and supplement that with my favorite names at the top of the whiteboard. What are some of those names? Levi, Ford, GM, Boeing, Microsoft, you know, um, uh, um, um, I don't know if we got a shot at Chevron. I should probably put that back in the portfolio. Um, and, and just looking at this list, I really like I like the look of Gilead. I might pay attention to that setup. I don't know. But uh, industrials focused on the Dow is where I would buy stocks if I have to do it next week. Okay? That's my focus. I hope this has helped you. I wish you all a great weekend. Be safe out there trading next week. You don't have to be aggressive. The market will give us opportunities. Okay? Just be patient. And have a great weekend. Take care, guys. Mm -hmm.